I think one thing that you and I think about tech as as people who are self-starters, entrepreneurial, know how to build things, know how to scale things is how do we make things uh, scale for, for people in terms of how we help them. Welcome to the What is UX podcast, the show where we interview design leaders about their journey and experience so that you may learn from them. I'm your host, Peck Pongpat. Good day, everyone. And on today's episode, we have Marissa Louie. She's the Senior Director of UX Design at Sirius XM Pandora, where she leads a design organization that thoughtfully creates experiences for over 100 million users. Uh, previously, she was the co-founder, the founder, CEO, and chairwoman of Animoodles, uh, a toy company with uh, designed by ex-Pixar and Disney creators. And also, she has the largest community of designers called uh, Designers Guild. Previously, she did work to design at Apple, Expedia, Nest, acquired by OpenTable, and Yahoo. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Peck. It's an honor to be here. Oh, so uh, the honor is all mine. I've been, I think, uh, wanting to have you on the show for a while, but I wanted to build uh, the podcast up a little bit before I asked you. <laughs> Thank you. It, it's been great. Yeah. So I always like to start with, you know, how, how did you get into design? Well, my, my origin story is I was initially interested in fashion design. And I just have an eye for aesthetics and shape and form and am a visual learner, a visual thinker. And so I initially started sketching out fashion designs and, and making clothing in high school. And, and then I took an economics class where I learned that supply and demand uh, in different industries can be challenging. And I looked at the stocks of companies like uh, Old Navy and, and, and saw that fashion can be quite volatile. And so I thought, well, if I don't do fashion, what should I do? <laughs> and so instead of being a fashion designer, I actually found software engineering and, and web design and really stumbled upon web design in the early days when I, I took a first computer science course at UC Berkeley, where I went to undergrad and fell in love with the web design aspect, uh, not the coding part. The coding part was pretty straightforward and easy for me. But uh, at the time, which was around 2001, I searched on all the search engines online that were available at the time, AltaVista, Lycos, I think Google was just a, a new search engine at that point, and read everything I could about web design, which was no more than a few search result pages worth of articles about web design on the entire internet. And so I uh, just was obsessed with design and in my heart decided that I wanted to do that as a profession. And at that point, it wasn't really a, a well-established profession. UX design wasn't nearly uh, what it was today. And I, I hoped that it became a thing and it did. And I just kind of rode that way. Yeah. Not many young people would have the insight to look deeper into an industry like, hey, if you like to, you know, fashion, you like design and couture, they might just start pursuing that. But you, you went a little deeper and started looking at the actual business of fashion and decided, okay, that maybe it's not a great business to be in. 
that's very insightful for such a young person. I don't know many young people who like people, you know, especially younger people, right? They, they lead with their passion and uh, I want to do this because it makes them happy. They enjoy doing it, but they don't know necessarily if it's a good career or not. That's so. Thank you. Yeah, I, it was really that I, I had a business sense from a young age and grew up in a family that uh, does a lot of uh, business and real estate and import export and <laughs> grew up uh, sitting in on meetings since I was in second grade. So uh, I, I think at the point when I was in high school, when I decided on a career, I, I was able to look a little bit more objectively and say, am I good enough as a fashion designer to make it? Okay, probably not. Okay, maybe I'll choose a different career. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, that, that, that background. Fashion designers who actually do make it because it takes an incredible amount of skill, talent, luck, timing to be able to do that. Yeah. You could say that about a lot of things, entrepreneurship being, being one of them. Yeah. Absolutely. How'd you get the job at Apple? That was pretty early on. Yeah, I, I think it was really that I was working at a startup called Nest at the time, and Nest ended up getting acquired by OpenTable. But before uh, Nest was acquired by OpenTable, and by the way, Nest was a restaurant recommendation engine, uh, which we called uh, Pandora for restaurants. <laughs> uh, full circle. More, more, exactly, full circle. More on that later, right? We'll touch upon that later but developed a great working relationship with Apple. I would actually go to the Apple headquarters uh, within my capacity running uh, marketing and design and user research and, and go with uh, uh, one or two of the founders to go and present and update the internal Apple team on our product. And so I developed a relationship with them that way. We uh, got uh, an Apple Best of the Year app award, which was incredible for the company. And so uh, Apple noted our, our design quality through that. And one day Apple called me when I was still at Ness and I decided to take the call and to take the job. Yeah. So oh, that's a that's iOS art director. Yeah. yeah. That's a low key recruiting technique of uh, Apple there design awards and like, oh, okay, this has good design. Let's that's their talent pool right there. <laughs> on that part because I mean they, they still have one of the most incredible design organizations in in the world and and they're not in in shortage of being able to recruit people but I think they just they know what they like and they they, they go after it I guess yeah yeah we met I think uh, you know around the time uh, you, you were talking uh, around your time at Ness and I think that's when we when we first met many years ago your, your experience there Describe your experience at Ness because you you wore quite a lot of hats. Did I did, and so I worked on everything from uh, product management, analytics, user research, marketing, PR, uh, of course, design. <laughs> Were there other people at this company? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I did not do. The coding, although I did whiteboard some of the machine learning algorithms with the uh, machine learning uh, PhDs who worked there. So I, I really had a hand in almost everything. But no, there, there were quite a, a good number of other people there. But I was kind of the jack of all trades who could kind of fit in anywhere. And it was a great test of my ability to, to learn new things, to practice things on the job, but it was invaluable to a small startup for myself to be able to fill in any gaps that they needed at any time. Yeah. 
Well, this this is a great segue into often a controversial question. Uh, ultra specialist or jack of all trades? I think of myself as as a T. So Tim Brown coined that term of like a T shaped person, and uh, for for myself, I am deeply a designer and creative at heart. I, I think in terms of design as a primary problem solving mechanism, as a primary way to see the world and process information, but I also have the ability to do all these other things, all these other things that I might enjoy a little bit less actually, but are part of the whole package. So I, I think of myself as leading with design, but being able to have more of a comprehensive solution because I could think in you know 10 or 20 different aspects of a problem. Yeah. One thing I admire a lot about you is that you've, uh, you've been so supportive of the design community overall, uh, especially in your work uh, leading your own design community, Designers Guild. Uh, what, uh, talk to us about mentorship and what, how you think about it and how do you, you know, in a company, let's say, I'm a new design leader and I need to think about design mentorship and mentorship, mentoring my people, uh, some tips, best practices, guide, guides. Yeah. I, I think, um, one thing that you and I think about Peck as, as people who are self-starters, entrepreneurial, know how to build things, know how to scale things is how do we make things uh, scale for, for people in terms of how we help them. And so uh, I, I, early on in my career in design, I found that I was approached by a lot of people on a weekly basis for myself to become their mentor. And I quickly realized that not only could I not scale, but I just didn't have enough interest and capacity level uh, aside from the startups I was running or the jobs that I had. Uh, in terms of actually helping people in the way that they might have been helped. And then I realized I'm not the only person in the world who can help these people. There's a ton of really talented designers and leaders in Silicon Valley in the world who can help. And so, you know, any any one person could be mentored by any, you know, thousands of people and still get value, right? And so it's not that I need to mentor a specific person unless they specifically seek me out for a very uh, great reason. But if it's just to get into design, if it's just how do I become a design executive, if it's just how do I become a founder, how do I launch a company, how do I do X, Y, Z, that's not unique to me. And there's other people who can help. And so I realized that, hey, I've actually got a ton of really talented designer friends, many of which are probably more talented than myself, who can help these designers who are looking for mentorship. And so I uh, started out Designer Skills uh, as a Facebook group. And Peck, I think you were one of the first members, I'm sure, with a uh, 100 of the most talented designer friends that I knew in Silicon Valley. And so really handpicked this group of talented designers and formed this community around these people I admired as, as designers and said, how can we both mentor each other, but also build this community such that we help others. So, you know, with, with mentorship, 
I'm all about scaling. And, and so we've scaled Designers Guild on Facebook and Designers Club on Clubhouse combined in total with these design communities that we have. It's over 130,000 uh, members around the world in over 100 countries. And so it just, it, all of that, you know, all of that support for these designers around the world happened because I realized there was a scaling problem of it's hard to scale Marissa without actually building a community. And so it really uh, uh, is something that is incredible as a resource for, for everybody. But that said, I do actually mentor a few mentees on an individual basis. It's a very selective thing and I'm not taking on new mentees right now, but I, I do have a few mentees where the interactions are more one-on-one and just higher quality and more personalized. Right. And and you do do speaking engagements and I, I want to thank you for many years ago coming to my company, our offices and, and giving a, a talk uh, to our team. People still talk about it. My, my dir- director of operations, Janet Lee, she uh, recently brought it up uh, that she, you know, your your talk was very, very, uh, very useful, and she still remembers it. So thank you for that. Yeah, that was that was uh, so so awesome to visit your offices and to meet your team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, you know, with with COVID and everything, we've you know we've now become a, a virtual team, and and uh, the office is a, a thing of the past, and and you know. Just a just a faint memory now. <laughs> so many. It's been a couple of years. All the awards on the wall, like oh. just really incredible. All the awards and oh. how you racking up more awards over the years. And I, I was there at the beginning of Impeccable when you first started it. I think I, I met you uh, at, at the very beginning. <laughs> you did. You did. I had just moved to the Bay Area. I, I was trying to find my footing, and uh, yeah, did just offering design consulting services was was what the market needed that was that was product market fit and then i gradually scaled that <laughs> that's my story <laughs> yeah what is what is marissa like outside of all these accomplishments and you know we, we talk a lot about careers but you know i want to give people a rounded impression of, of the whole person yeah i i i I appreciate the question. I think there's a lot more to me that uh, people don't see. Things that really drive me are service and, and doing good for humanity and helping others. And so it's actually part of the impetus for why I started Designers Guild and Designers Club to help all these designers around the world, because it fulfills me to enable others to help others. So indirectly, you know, helping all these people around the world. And it just is something that is an incredible feeling to to feel like, okay, I've achieved some sort of level of expertise in this design field and giving back and giving others hope, giving others a way to see the light, giving them a sense of what the path is like and that they can achieve more and that they could see real human examples of, of who can actually be successful in design. I think that is something really incredible for me outside of, of, of work and philanthropy and, and, and giving back. I also work on self-development and growth. And so I look at things like uh, how to have a healthy a growth mindset. I work on things like developing my uh, relationships with, you know, friends, romantic relationships, 
uh, family uh, work on things like making sure that I show up as a great human being and that I keep on improving. And even when I mess up or if I get too uh, anxious about a problem or if I'm too sad about something, allow myself to feel that, but try to cope with life's difficulties in a healthy manner. So I think I'm really working on that outside of work is just being a better person, showing up in a more authentic uh, and supportive way for people is, is something I'm working on. I would say you're you're doing a great job of it throughout the whole time I've known you. Every time you've shown up to to meet with me, and it's always been a great experience. And you you kind of knowing what I know about your life, uh, you've uh, handled situations very well. And uh, you know, it's a you've been a great example. Yeah, thank you. I mean, I I, I think uh, I I do what I can. I think a lot of people don't see kind of the other side of things, of you know what goes on in our personal lives, right? Of you know, you and I have talked about this a little bit, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, I went through a a big breakup during COVID, and now I'm you know getting acquainted with what is that that single life with just Marissa on her own with her cats, like. <laughs> <my cat. laughs> So yeah, it's, it's, it's something that I think a lot of people don't, you know, kind of reveal online and they, they, they kind of paint a picture of their best selves. But what I really love to do is to get to know people as, as whole people. Yeah. Yeah. COVID was, was, was tough for everyone, uh, including myself. I was not used to this new norm, this new life of, you know, just even reflecting on my, my experience of having an office and going to an office and then now just working from home. And sometimes the only human I interact with was just my wife. And it's a, it's a very different, uh, life. Yeah. 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 No, no one, no one is expected for it, uh, expecting it and no one's prepared for it. Okay. Yeah. 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 Actually, I'm curious uh, about another aspect of your life. Uh, you know, I know you advise a lot of startups and, and even are an investor. Uh, curious about that. You know, what do you have to talk about that? I'd love to learn more. Yeah. Uh, well, um, I think this goes back to kind of my inclination towards service and, and, and being a leader who leads with creativity and design, but also helps others. And so I advise a few uh, nonprofits. Uh, one is in human trafficking uh, to, to combat human trafficking. So raising awareness and uh, getting bills signed from U.S. government, local governments as well. Make sure that in particular underage women who uh, are, are stolen away from their families and, and, and their bodies sold for money have protection and have pathways to have whole and fulfilling lives again and, and, and are uh, given a chance at life, uh, a chance at, 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 at a real career and at living the fullest life possible. And so work on that a bit. Uh, also advise a startup that works on uh, heart health and arterial health with heart disease being a number one killer of Americans. Uh, it's, it's something really important in these days and times. And uh, there's just wonderful technology out there, and it's about you know advocating for patients and guiding uh, that company in terms of design and messaging and how to connect with their audience, how to connect with doctors and uh, with healthcare professionals. So, yeah, uh, 
that kind of nonprofit stuff really, you know, drives me and inspires me because it's actually, you know, quite outside of design in particular, but it allows me to uh, provide guidance and, and problem solving skills in, in, in that I apply design thinking to what I do there as well. And then for tech startups and ramping up my uh, advisory there, I just signed on to advise a startup in the crypto space that is around social community and, and crypto trading. So yeah, just uh, working on a couple things. There's there's always uh, friends and people in my network who are asking me to help advise their startups and I'm kind of taking it slow uh, so that I, I only take on what I can handle. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. If there's any way, you know, this podcast, these, the, the community of podcast listener can be supportive of some of this nonprofit work, you know, please tell us how we can be helpful. Uh, love to shine a light on that. I think, uh, you know, this, this is what this platform is all about is helping people sharing, you know, one, one thing was besides just my own curiosity and my own learnings is, is to share that learning, but also this can be a platform to help what you're trying to achieve. So I'd love to, you know, if you want to, we can leave some of these organizations in the show notes and, you know, if people want to find out more information, where can they go? Yeah. So Karana Rising, K-A-R-A-N-A Rising is uh, the nonprofit run by uh, Andrea Powell, who is an incredible humanitarian and that is uh, the anti-sex trafficking and survivor advocacy start um, a nonprofit the heart health and kind of arterial health uh, peripheral artery disease startup is well it's I call I call it a startup but it's really a nonprofit a 501c3 is called the way to my heart mm. heart.org uh, yes oh thank you thank you I like I'd like to hear the animal story because that's like it's not software design, you know, it's stuffed toys. What gave you the impetus for that to, to pursue that for, you know, a few years and, and growing that and, you know, just, uh, I'd love to hear that story. What's the origin story? What, what was the passion behind that? Yeah, so animals are magnetic, buildable stuffed animals. So they've got strong magnets in all of their body parts and you can combine different animal parts into over 2 trillion unique combinations. And so the idea is really rooted in a childhood dream. One of my favorite things to do is to make my childhood dreams come true, <laughs> is to bring them to life. And so as a designer, I'm able to do some, at least some of those things. And so when I was in second grade, I would actually see uh, some of my classmates uh, be violent towards each other and get in fights on the school playground. And then on the news, there was uh, the, the war in the Middle East. And I thought, wow, this, this world can be such a violent place. But what if everyone in the world had a stuffed animal? <laughs> Maybe <laughs> the world would be more loving and kind and supportive as long as everyone had a little friend. <laughs> so, so it was my second grade logic and so I, I, I remember I, I had that epiphany sitting on top uh, of, of the, the, the school jungle gym on top of the slide and just sitting there because sometimes I would just get deep in thought 
as a kid and I would just ruminate about so many different topics. But for, for me, this really got to me. I would think about this topic for months. And so I thought, ah, well, I think it's a design problem. I think that the ultimate stuffed animal hasn't yet been designed. That's why not everybody has one. And there's different kinds of stuffed animals you could have. And so I thought about how can I design the ultimate stuffed animal? I didn't have the idea at that point in second grade. And I didn't have the idea for many years later until I reached the age 30. So I had the idea in second grade. I shelved it for my whole life until I was 30. (laughs) And then one day I woke up and I was like, well, you know, I was trying to come up with startup ideas of what's the next big thing I should build uh, as, as a founder. And I remembered that childhood dream one day. And I thought, well, I'm a designer. I've worked at places like Apple and Yahoo. I worked at, you know, startup nest that got acquired by open table. I, I think I kind of know what I'm doing, at least with, with design fundamentals. What if I applied that to my childhood dream of designing the ultimate stuffed animal? So that's what I did. I embarked on a quest to go and figure out how could I apply design things that I knew from UX and web and mobile app design to my favorite toy in the world. And so that's how I came up with the buildable uh, Animoodles. It's basically like a design system or like components of like different arms and legs and heads and bodies. And you can combine them into all these magical, fantastical creature creations. Yeah, I didn't quite think of them as a, you know, essentially a design system for for stuffed uh, toys. But, you know, like when you first told me about it, I I was my my analogy was like sort of like, oh, it's kind of like Lego for stuffed toys, you know, and Lego being essentially a design system. Totally. (laughs) Totally. Totally. Can you tell us some of the highlights of the accomplishments of the Animoodles? I know you did quite well. Thank you. Yes. So we, uh, so I, I formed a great team, uh, mostly from Pixar and Disney, as well as from the top toy companies. And my co-founder uh, at the point had spent 18 plus years at Pixar as an art director and character designer. So he created some of the most beloved characters behind uh, uh, Wally. Uh, he created all of the uh, background art, uh, styling and direction for Inside Out. Uh, you worked on Cars, Monsters, Inc., Toy Story, you know, multiple Toy Stories, et cetera. And so just an incredible uh, artist and human being. And so got to work with people of, of that caliber uh, in terms of creating the Animoodles characters. So I, I think it was just not, not just about the form factor of the magnets being inside of the limbs and being buildable stuffed animals, but to give proper due to my childhood dream as an artist and designer, I wanted it to be the best character design as well. So that's why we formed kind of this really incredible team from Pixar and Disney. We uh, produced the toys. We launched on Kickstarter in 2017. We were the number one most funded classic toy on Kickstarter that year, raised over $100,000, and people just became obsessed. On average, people bought all of the Animoodles characters, which was five animals at that time. So they're spending a lot of money (laughs) on collecting them all, which was part of the goal is having a collectible stuffed animal, where the more stuffed animals you buy, 
the more combinations you can make with different stuffed animals. If you have just one, it's fun. It's fun. It's fine, right? You can do a lot with just one. When you have two, you have all of the different parts of, of two animals, two heads, two torsos, four arms, four legs. And you can combine them all with each other. And so uh, with Animoodles, we launched a Kickstarter. We did two Kickstarter projects. We sold our products in Nordstrom, in uh, uh, retail stores around the U.S., across the whole country, Amazon, Walmart. And and, and one day I was invited to uh, help do the opening bell for the NASDAQ, <laughs> representing Animoodles, uh, and, and also won some really awesome industry awards for all of this. And I never imagined any of this would happen when I chose to pursue my childhood dream, how much people would embrace the, the thought, the care, the intentionality behind all of uh, the creation behind it. And uh, we started getting uh, called up by some of the animation studios to do uh, an animated series as well. So all in all, you know, it's, it's been a great ride and uh, I served as the chairwoman. Yeah, very, very. Thank you for sharing. What were some of the most interesting creations from you know some of their customers? I think one of the most interesting ones is when it's it's a torso with like all different heads. So it's a torso <laughs> with five like heads from five different animals. So you can oh, have wow. like so you can have a sloth torso and a unicorn head, an orangutan head, a frog head an elephant head and uh, a cat head, for example. And that could all be, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's an animal creation. I think that's one of the most fun. We call it a, a, a wheel. <laughs> it, it, yeah, I was just saying that that's kind of re- makes it feel like a wheel. Certainly the stuff of nightmares sometimes. <laughs> you know, the funniest thing is that kids love it. They go really nuts so when they first see animals they think it's a regular animal and then they start playing with it they kind of tongue on the arm and the arm comes off and then their problem solving kicks into high gear they're like what was that what else can i do with this thing and kids run around and um uh, 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 really <laughs> pro at playing with them and it's almost like unlocking their creativity because they they thought it was a regular stuffed animal but as we know, in real life, not everything is as you think it is. Yeah. And so there's much more. And so it's kind of mind blowing to these kids who never thought that something like this would exist. Yeah. As you look back on your career so far, what were some of the highlights, you know, your most memorable experiences, whether they be products, you know, that you worked on, friendships that you made or experiences that you had? Yeah, well, that's a huge question. I, I, I would say some highlights of my career include uh, Nest, Nest, which was the Pandora for Restaurants being acquired by Open Table. That was a, a huge milestone uh, in my career to see that something that I built from before it was launched was acquired by a big company and that we were able to, to scale the company to that point. I think that was a big testament to being able to not just start something and stick with it, but to scale it and to have it be recognized in that way where mm-hmm. it was able to make an impact and uh, enough for a big company to acquire it. Other highlights, 
are probably yeah get, getting that job at Apple because I, as an iOS art director, I was not sure how good I was as a designer at that point when they called me. And I learned so much in, in my time there. I was among some of the best designers I, I'd ever met. And that was just a, a great learning and growth opportunity for me. Other friendships um, I've had include founders of some of the most successful uh, internet companies, and they've become best friends and just great sounding boards. So, so those friendships are really meaningful and getting to learn from them of, okay, how did you start a company from zero as, as a co-founder and scale it to being this publicly traded multi-billion dollar company? So I've learned a lot from, from those friends, not just in, in the business context, but uh, again, going back to seeing who people are as a whole person, getting to see the other half of their lives and how they live their life and how they try to be great human beings and push themselves to grow, I think is really inspiring. So I get to surround myself with um, some best friends who are just incredible entrepreneurs and founders who are way more successful than me, but that I learn and I enjoy uh, being around and we are all growing together. Uh, many of the designers I know actually came, were introduced uh, from, from you to me. <laughs> So thank you for that as well. Well, you know, this has been has been one of the most inspiring episodes to hear your story and to have you share that with us and what the work that you're doing outside of design, you know, the nonprofit work, starting a totally, you know, a stuffed toy company, a toy company, you know, physical assets. And all you've achieved is this very, very inspiring. As we are coming up on time, I do want to take the time to have you talk about uh, your work at uh, your new company, SiriusXM uh, Pandora. So uh, for those of you who are you know, around the world, what, what, what is that company and, uh, and currently what are you doing there? Yes, SiriusXM and Pandora it is North America's largest audio entertainment company, uh, publicly traded under SiriusXM. is actually really uh, a merger uh, between two of the largest audio entertainment companies, which are you know, SiriusXM, known for satellite radio and car, as well as Pandora, being a machine learning powered uh, audio entertainment product uh, powered by uh, lots of great technology. And so at SiriusXM and, and Pandora, I uh, am a senior director of UX design, leading the consumer facing aspects of our flagship products. So uh, my team works on everything from the SiriusXM uh, mobile app, as well as the uh, Android Auto and Apple CarPlay in the car, are what we call our connected uh, devices. So uh, Alexa and Apple Watch and Fire TV, Roku, Google, and, and all kinds of uh, different devices, as well as our mobile apps. So I, I do that for SiriusXM and then also the same for uh, Pandora or other big flagship products. Recently, I also have the Stitcher kind of podcast focused team of designers uh, reporting up to me as well. So we also have that team. So it's really everything that we call listener facing is, is, is our consumers who are streaming these audio entertainment experiences is my team. So everything from ads 
to the the holistic end-to-end user experience, to upgrading your subscriptions, to actually playing the music and and the audio, to tuning your, your radio on our digital streaming products. All of that is my team. That's amazing. And in aggregate, there's a, uh, both all SiriusXM, Stitcher, Pandora, it's uh, over 100 million users. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah, over 100 million. That's, that's amazing. What, what attracted you to this role? Well, I think it really goes back to, I have a huge uh, passion for machine learning and artificial <laughs> intelligence. And, you know, got a taste of that for a few years when I was at, at NES, uh, NESS, that startup that did restaurant recommendations that was acquired by OpenTable. And one of my favorite things was to whiteboard algorithms with our machine learning and, and, and data science team, where I would bring in insights from uh, the user research participants, and we would actually tweak some of the algorithms so that the, the math could yield results that made sense actual users. And so that was just a beautiful partnership between data science, machine learning, and, and design and user research. And that unlock was just so incredible and fulfilling. Um, <laughs> and back at, at, at the time at Ness, you know, I actually worked uh, with uh, PR and marketing as well. And one of our taglines for the company, this is written up in a, a GigaOM article, was Ness was the Pandora for restaurants. So 10, 12 years later, I, I, it's it's like in retrospect, I kind of wrote my job description back then. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of <laughs> inceptioned my future job. Yeah, yeah. At 10 or 12 years ago, uh, uh, wonder if I would ever be a good enough designer to work at Pandora. <laughs> and here we are. So um. it, it, it came full circle, and, and, and that's part of what attracted me to Pandora. And then for SiriusXM, I almost became head of design for a startup called Automatic that ended up getting acquired by SiriusXM. So either which way, whether through Pandora or SiriusXM, I probably would have ended up at the company. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, what's that quote? It's hard to connect the dots looking forward, but when you look back, you know, you can see how it all, make, you know, they, it's not a surprise that you ended up here. And, and the true part of part uh, kind of reason as well, on top of that, there's a third reason, which is I'm passionate about directing music videos. So it's a hobby of mine. <laughs> and what better place to do it than SiriusXM and Pandora, where it is so artist and creator focused and centric. And I get to, you know, interface with really incredible talent. Yeah. Uh, I love that. I'm building a mental model of yourself and your Venn diagram of, you know, design, business acumen, AI, ML, machine learning stuff, fashion. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for sharing your, your, your passions with us and, and your life story. I really appreciate that. Are there anything we can help out in terms of your roles of Sirius or Pandora? We can help post any job postings or anything like that as well. Thank you. Yeah, we're, we're looking for a, a senior designer right now to work with us. So okay. uh, at, at Sirius, we are looking at rethinking uh, the, the, the future direction of SiriusXM and Pandora in terms of enhancing the product to be better and better over time and uh, are, are growing the team to really be able to go after that, that really promising future. Awesome. 
And how do people get in touch with you? Sure. I'm on Instagram uh, at Malui Malui, M-A-L-O-U-I-E, M-A-L-O-U-I-E, <laughs> two Maluis uh, in a row, Malui Malui. Uh, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, Twitter. I just started a TikTok, although I haven't posted anything on there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm on the internet, uh, or people can go to uh, my website at malui.com and uh, contact me through there. Great. Yes, and uh, plus one to joining uh, Designers Guild <laughs> on Facebook. So, yeah, yeah, Designers Guild on Facebook uh, it is for designers only. Right. And you have to fill out three questions so that we make sure that you're actually a designer and not trying to recruit designers. Uh, <laughs> right. And <laughs> spam stuff in there. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, comprehensively across Designers Guild and it subgroups about 25,000 designers. And so it is designer only. And we actually do turn away designers who don't fill out the questions to apply. <laughs> nice. Nice. That's good. Good. Yeah. I, I like how you curated your design community and you keep, I guess, the, the riffraff out, right? <laughs> no, no spammers, no people who are trying to sell them something or, yeah, you, you've done a great job of kind of, yeah, curating that. It's about quality, right? Yeah. Not quantity. And and the funniest thing is the the qual the focus on quality is what enabled it to scale to the size it is today mm -hmm. because we focus on quality. Yeah. yeah. So playing the long long tail. Long game. Game. Yeah. <laughs> well, you've had it for a while. I mean, it's been at least what ten years. Yeah. Yeah. Eight years. Yeah. Yeah. Marissa, thank you so much for uh, giving us the honor to learn more about you and your life. Really appreciate you being on the show. This was a great honor to, to talk to you and to share all the stories. Thank you for joining us on this episode of What is UX? If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you leave us a review, I'll make sure to shout it out on the show. If you have any questions, send them to questions at whatisux.co and our guests and I will try to answer them on the show. And you can always find us on whatisux.co. See you on the next one.